Hi, I'm Lauren. Hi, I'm Kelly, and welcome to The Millennial Minimalists. We are two Canadian millennials and minimalists on a mission to live more with less. And together, our goal is to inspire you to design a simpler, more intentional life. Hi everyone, today we're going to talk about the many ways we can simplify our lives. As many of you know, over the years, we've really focused on four areas of clutter in our lives, including physical clutter, the excess stuff we own, mental clutter, the overload of information in our minds, three, emotional clutter, the negative thoughts or ideas that no longer serve us, and digital clutter, all the files on our computers to the thousands of photos on our phones. And today we're going to discuss the many areas that we can simplify that fall within each of these categories of excess. So for example, when it comes to mental clutter, I've learned that it's important to simplify how we use our time, how we manage our thoughts, and how we approach tasks. And when it comes to the physical things, some of the areas that we can simplify include the number of items in our closet, which we've talked about many times, the number of kitchen appliances we own, to the number of toiletry products that we use. So before we go into the many specific areas in our lives that we can simplify, I thought I would quickly start off by talking about why we think it's important to simplify your life. So the first words that came to my mind were, well, it's important to simplify because by simplifying our lives, we can create space for the most important things. By removing the excess, we are essentially owning less so we can make room for what's most important. Everything in our lives also takes up space. So in that case, we can own more than we need. And sometimes this added stuff can begin to own us. And as so, by simplifying our time, space, and energy, the more space we'll have to enjoy the things that are most important to us. Lauren, I thought about this yesterday. I was like, yeah, like it's so true. Every area of our lives is some form of space. And if we overflow a specific space, then we're just going to feel overwhelmed, right? So it's important that we create room in all areas of our lives so that we have that flexibility. We can feel lighter. We can be more present with ourselves and be more present with those in our circles and and ultimately, I would say that the most important part is that we need to simplify our lives so that we can ultimately feel greater fulfillment. I mean, essentially, that is, that is the goal here. By owning less, you are able to focus on all the things that light you up. And as so, you feel more purposeful every day. And I would say that that's probably the biggest benefit for me. How about you, Lauren? Yeah, definitely. And not only that, like you just feel so much less stressed and you feel more calm. And I realized making my notes for this podcast that we want simplicity in all areas of our lives. And some there's just some areas that we naturally simplified and there's other areas that we need to work on, which we're going to talk about today. And I'm so observant of people and like people, I, I always watch their lifestyles and areas where they have simplified it without even thinking about it. You know, I, I remember my friend Tina, she would come home from school when we were kids and she would practice the piano and she just like, her lifestyle was so simple. And I don't know, like you, you would probably feel the same way. Like you just can think of people who have just naturally simplified some areas of their life without thinking about it. And then there's others that we had to work on. Like for me, with my possessions, it was always like, I've mastered that since I was a little kid. But then I'm like really bad with my schedule or goals or things like that. So it, it's interesting to see what areas people have to work on. 
Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to think about what falls within each category, mental, physical, emotional, and digital clutter. You know, I had a friend ask me the other day, okay, so in terms of mental clutter, what are the areas that you've simplified? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've never been asked a question like that because there's so many areas of our lives that relate to mental clutter that we can simplify. So I read an article in psychology today, this past week titled, five ways to simplify your life. And the writer said an awesome quote. She said, whether it's mental space, physical space, or calendar space, we only have so much room. And it's so true. I mean, we only have so much room in all those spaces. So minimalism really just acts as a tool that can help us be more mindful so that we can manage these spaces and not overflow certain areas of our lives. So yeah, for sure. Uh, So the areas of my life that I've realized I've had to simplify, my biggest one was my schedule. So I feel like I I never look at things in stages. I'm just like, these are my goals and I want to work on all of them right now, all at once, because I can't wait to accomplish things. And I've come to the realization that that just doesn't work. And I've had to sit back and our friend Alex Gold was really made me realize this, that you have to do things in stages. So first of all, you have to work on freeing up your time. And once you've freed up your time, then you can go to the next step of deciding what you want and working backwards from that and how much time you can put into it and how much time you need to put into it. I was always so bad at that. And I'm the type of person that it's like, I want to do it all. And if I will force myself, I'm like, just get up earlier, get up at 4am and then you can work on this and then you can still work this job and, and do this and do that and write this book and have the podcast. And, and I, I've come to the realization that that's not a a good approach. It's better to step back and be like, what do I want to work on right now and accomplish? And once that's done, what do I want to work on next and accomplish? And, and they can go in like systematic order too. Like maybe what you're working on could be part of your portfolio for what you want next, or that's just probably the biggest thing I've been working on lately which ties into goals too. Like, so with my schedule, prioritizing what I want and how I'm going to schedule my time to get there. Another thing with my schedule that I realized is that I I work so much that I don't do things I want to do. Like I've looked back in the last year and I never played the piano. I never went sailing. I haven't baked in forever. Remember we would always bake, Kelly? You know, Lauren, I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking, gosh, I haven't baked in months. And I haven't you and baked. I, yeah, you and I used to bake all the time. <laughs> what is, is wrong with so us? Oh, meditating to me. I remember Kelly and I were making these little blueberry thumbprint cookies, and I was so focused on putting the the center in them. And she was like, oh my God, I've never seen you this focused. But it's a form of meditation to me, baking, because it's it, it's yes. so precise and it's so pretty and and then you can give it away. And I don't know. I love it. Baking is it's so fun. But I looking back in my schedule, I, I've just realized that I, I don't really do that anymore. And there's like things that made me so happy and so calm and I enjoyed so much. And I just like stopped doing them because I was so focused on like reaching goals or working or doing other things. Um, yeah. So what you're yeah. learning is that uh, you 
obviously for, I mean, as a very close friend of yours, you know, I've learned that you're really packing your days recently and you have a few, few ambitions, right? And you want to do all of them. And I think what you and you and I have learned recently is that when you have multiple passion projects on the go, you're only really able to put in X percent. And as so, you'll only get X percent back. And so you're feeling overwhelmed. And I think you're looking at your schedule and you're trying to fit in also your relationships and, you know, time with family and all the important things. But what, what's great about this lifestyle is that it reminds you to step outside of your world and reflect on how everything is going so that you can make changes. And I think that's something that you're doing. You're saying, hey, like, what about the time to myself? You said to me the other day, she's like, I haven't had a day to myself, <laughs> you know, and it's, the days, not. <laughs> and it's the days yourself, Lauren, is where you have time to bake. And I, I would say as a friend of yours, like every time you do something, you always give it your all. And that's why, you know, even when you're baking and perfecting those blueberry cookies, it's always done very well because you give it your all. And it just goes back to the idea that when you focus on one to two things, your success rate will be higher uh, because you're able to give it again all your 100% focus so oh for sure and I've realized I know myself and when I'm spend time by myself that's how where I get my energy I know you're the opposite Kelly you get your energy spending time with people but I and if I don't get that time to myself I'm mean like I'm overly tired I'm short with people. I'm in a bad mood. Like my boss even came in the other day. He's like, can you try to be a little less miserable? <laughs> I thought it was so funny, but I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. Like I, I have to see my parents. I'm working full time. I have so much side stuff. I, this is the first time I've been in a serious relationship. When I like over the past year, I've been in a serious relationship, but that was over a pandemic. And now things are open again and I have to make time for friends and it just everything's kind of back to normal. So I am trying to manage all that, which I'm not complaining. My life is so full and I'm so happy. I just have to like step back and make sure that I'm having enough time to like take care of myself and be by myself to fill up my cup. Otherwise I'm just mean to people and it's not who I am. I'm like when I'm calm and I'm like happy and that's when I'm like funny in myself when I I've had enough time to rest and recharge and I just have not had that time. But but at least you realize that you need to make that time, right? And oh, for sure. And there are moments where I think to myself, oh, I know where Lauren is right now, like in your headspace. And I make an effort to either, I'll either know that you need someone to call you, or I'll know that I just need to let leave you alone and have your alone time. So I, you're like, oh, you're in a Lauren mood. (laughs) I'm like, no, but there are days that go by. Yeah. No, I just get overly tired if I have to be social too much because then I it, it drains me. And and that goes to okay. So I read an article by Joshua Becker, and mm. it's titled "The Ten Most Important Things to Simplify in Your Life." And three of the areas that we just talked about that he touches on are your goals. So he says reduce to one or two at once to improve your focus and success rate. Uh, number two, your negative thoughts which we just talked about, he, he recommends that we replace them with positive thoughts. 
I, I agree. Not always the easiest thing to do. And I think yeah. the way to do that is to call a friend. I know there are times that you've called me, Lauren, you felt better after. Yeah, I do. I always feel so much better after I call a friend. And I, I always try to say to myself, okay, if you're going to be this negative, then you can also go the other way and be super like, cause when we're negative, it's kind of unrealistic. It's like, oh, all these bad things are going to happen. And this is this. And it's like, okay, well, if you're going to be this unrealistic, then be this unrealistic the other way positively. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess if I did flip it and I'm being irrational, then I might as well think positive thoughts. But you really can get in that loophole and dig yourself pretty deep being negative and having those negative thoughts. Do you ever stop yourself? Um, yeah, I do. And I'm like, you know what, Lauren, like, we'll deal with this later. <laughs> You're not in the right mental space to find a solution to this problem right now. That's good that you do that, though, because yeah. it can really build up in your mind. I mean, the other day I was in the shower and I was, there were some negative thoughts crossing my mind. And I said to myself, stop. Like, it's good that yeah. I can actually be mindful and identify that, you know? Yeah. Or I love the saying, don't build a mountain out of a molehole. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's like, don't take something small and make it big. And I always have, I say that to myself. I'm like, oh, this happened and this, 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 this. I'm like, Lauren, don't blow this out of proportion. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that's fine. You know what you could also do? You can just look back at your life and be like, what is something that happened that I was able to push through? Maybe I shouldn't be stressing as much as I am right now. Yeah, I've realized a lot of times I've stressed so much. Like I recently, my job, because I sell pre-construction of sales offices and the sales office moved. And I was like so stressed out about this new commute I had to do. And then I did it and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. And I stress so much about this. Like I was like waking up in the middle of the night being like, I have to find a new job. And so I just overly stress about things before I even experience them. Yeah. And something that we I'd love to share with our listeners is that, you know, you were definitely disappointed in the fact that you would have to have this huge commute. And, you know, we spoke the other day and you're just like, oh my goodness, you know, this, you know, I have bigger ambitions, of course, as well. And you always, you always joke, you know, I'm taking the train every day and I, it's, or the bus, <laughs> uh, better yet. And, um, but you, you called me yesterday and you said, I've realized that on these commutes, I can do my passion projects. Like I can work on my comedy. I can work on the things that light me up. And you know what? It's not that bad. And you know, it's a small sacrifice for the future. Yeah. No. Well, I'm taking the subway right now, but I, I almost feel like when I'm on the subway, it's like being in a coffee shop, like I'm around people and it ignites creativity in me. Sometimes I'm just sitting by myself, but yeah, I, I did try to take the positive view from it. And I, I'm like, I am in the course of like making changes and transitions. So it, it did push me. But yeah, I, like, it's like, if you have a long commute and you hate it, it's like, what can you do on that commute? Like, can you read? Can you apply to other jobs? Or can you like work on something that you, you want to eventually do? Like, make time for that. So yeah, it's definitely like trying to find positives and a negative. And then sometimes when we struggle in life, I, I always say, you know, in, in the years that I went through a lot of challenges, I learned so many lessons that actually I truly believe maybe make me a better and stronger person. 
So, uh, you know, you could turn it around saying, hey, you know, maybe you don't enjoy the subway ride, but maybe you're going to get some amazing ideas and comedy out of it. You never know, right? Yeah, just observing people. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. And, And the next part that Joshua Becker mentions in this article, he says your time commitments. And that's definitely something that you and I can both relate to. I think over the years, you and I, especially you, have learned to say no. And I think sometimes you get in situations where you get in situations where you feel guilty. So you say yes, and then you regret it later. Gosh, I should have said no. It's better to just say no up front, under promise, over deliver kind of thing. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah. um, One thing I, I try to ask myself is before you make a commitment, ask yourself, would you do this right now? Because, you know, when something's so far in the future, you're like, yeah, whatever, I'll go, I'll do that. But then when it comes time to it, you're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. So it's like, if if you wouldn't do it right now, it kind of gives you that awareness of whether it's something you actually want to do. And I, if I do say yes, and I, I didn't, I kind of wish I didn't, I, I try to use that as reinforcement to remember to say no in the future. It's like, okay, well, you've already committed, so you're going to go. But let this be a reminder that when you do say yes to things that you don't really want to do, this is the consequence. Like it takes up out of your time of stuff that you, a time you have to do things you want to do. And so like just, it, it, it is like another reinforcement when you and say you, yes. And you can be honest with the peer person. We've talked about this before. You don't, you don't need to even say a little lie. You can just say, hey, like I just need a night to myself. You'd be shocked. Most people are very understanding. So yeah, they for sh- and, and yeah, you don't have to like you can just be like, hey, listen, like I, I'm a bit overwhelmed with work and I'm tired and like I, I just want to rest right now. And if I come, then I'm just going to be mean to everyone. So maybe I should stay home. <laughs> You're yeah. mindful of that. I am so mean when I'm tired and I just yell at people. Well, I don't yell at them, but I'm just I'm like short and I I'm not as like chat- chatty in my normal self. So I am very aware of that. I wouldn't use the word mean. I would just, you can just tell when you're in that headspace. (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. Um, Another area that Joshua touches on is your connections and your relationships. We also asked our community on Instagram what they think are the most important things to simplify in your life. And relationships came up a few times. And I think the reason why is because I think important to be mindful of who we're spending our time with and how much time we spend with everyone. We want to make sure that the people that are in our circles are amplifying us. It's my favorite word. I love the word amplify uh, rather than pulling us down. And, you know, sometimes you, sometimes like, for example, I, especially with my, with my work recently, it's been quite busy and there's been times where I felt guilty, not messaging friends back right away. But I've actually learned from you, Lauren, that how you communicate, you can simplify. You don't need to message someone back immediately, especially if it's not urgent. You can get back to them at the end of the day. And as I like to say with relationships, like especially if you're getting into something new with someone, you know, I always say train the dog. <laughs> if you if you message them back right away, they're always going to expect messages right away. It's better to it's also better to be more present when you message someone back because then you're not just sending a few words quickly back. You're actually soaking in the conversation and responding accordingly. So Yeah, it's funny because there were times in the past when I was dating and if I did like the guy, I 
I'm like, oh, I don't want to respond right away because I'm kind of busy right now. And I want to like sit down and think about like a nice text to write back. So, so sometimes it's good if someone doesn't respond right away, maybe they do want to have more of an intentional conversation with you, which is nice. And I feel like people get so many texts now these days that it's like, emails like you you can respond to them all at once like in a few hours or at the end of the day like it it is more socially acceptable like people just have so much inputs in their life now and people messaging them and emailing them and calling them that it's like acceptable to sit down at a certain hour every day or twice a day and like return those phone calls and messages Yes, yes. And you know what? It can really feel distracting throughout the day if you're messaging throughout the day constantly with friends through your work hours or whatever you're focused on. Oh, for sure. I know people who will respond right away and who or with Instagram who like will like your photo right away. And I'm like, wow, they are really distracted all the time. <laughs> I should it's reach out to them. Be like, hey, you got to put your phone down every few hours. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you should just message them and be like, hey, I, I knew I could count on you right away. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the validation. No. Yeah. Um, so also I wanted to touch on, like you told me this the other day, you said that group chats are really distracting. So how are you going to be handling that? How are you handling, how are you simplifying group chats? Are you muting them? Uh, what are you doing? Well, my group chats are muted, but still when you check your phone, it's like 50 messages. I'm like, I want to get another phone that only my mom has the number and <laughs> I just use it for Ubers and to read and when I'm out. And then I just use my other cell phone as like a home phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There is an idea out there, Laura. You could get a work phone and then have your personal phone, leave your personal phone at home. <laughs> no, I would want my own phone to like use for emergencies that nobody has the phone number of <laughs> and then have my other phone that everyone else can annoy me on or message me on. And that's the one I'll check two or three times a day. I might uh. do that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to think about. I I would definitely be up for the challenge of going to back to an old flip phone, and or, or a home phone. Imagine just coming home at the end of the day to just check messages and call those people back. What a great life! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my grandpa still has that. Yeah, <laughs> we both have. Wait, you have a grandmother who's ninety two, right? I do. Yeah. And I have a grandfather who's 92. Yeah. We want to set them up. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like they could be really good uh, buddies over the phone (laughs) because they're in different countries. But yeah. Anyways. So uh, moving on, uh, multitasking is another area that he mentioned. And something we've talked about in the past is that multitasking is essentially microtasking. And he says that single tasking is a lost art. And it's so true. I mean, for example, when we bake, when we exercise, we're giving that our 100% and it feels so good after. But when we're multitasking, we're not actually getting as many things done as we think we are. And also the mental clutter that it causes, that's just added stress. So it's better to just get each thing done separately. Obviously, there are times where we have to multitask because we maybe we're, we have to meet a meeting at X time, so we need to get a couple of things done at once. But if we can control that or make sure that we make time to kind of spread things out and give each things our focus, we'll, we'll prevent excess clutter in our minds. So, Yeah, one thing I've been observant about multitasking is that if I just take what I have to do that day 
and do one thing at a time and focus on it and do it properly, I am less tired than if I try to do a bunch of things at once and I like overstress myself. I, I'm more tired when it's all said and done. And I, I even say to myself, I'm like, oh, just give yourself a little bit more time, do one thing at a time properly. And you'll, you'll be less tired at the end and less stressed. I like, I think it takes more energy to do a few things at once than to just do them one at a time. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. does. It yeah. definitely just, does. Take, just take more time to do them instead of trying to do things at once. Like I, I swear it takes less energy to do it. I'm going to give you back your own advice. You called me before this, uh, this recording and you said, gosh, today's my first day off in the city in so long. And I have so many things I need to get, get done. You know, when we have that day off, but it's filled with personal appointments, I know, I know. <laughs> but you can still do all those things, but pace yourself, make it yeah. fun. You know, don't make it seem like it's one of those busy days and you're not looking forward to it. Just get each thing checked off the list and it feel, it'll feel good. Also try to make time for baking, but obviously I don't want to add to your plate. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would love to. I might bake tomorrow actually. You're like, make washing the floor and <laughs> shaving fun today. Well, turn up <laughs> yeah. the music. I know, I know. Like no, I will. I, you're right. I actually should write out what I need to do today and just do one thing at a time and try to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think you've inspired me to also make time for baking this weekend. I I was decluttering my kitchen a couple of days ago while I was listening to a podcast and I looked at my baking section. I said, gosh, I haven't touched you in a very long time. <laughs> this is not good. I, know. I was out for dinner last night and with our dessert, we were at a French restaurant and there was Madeline cookies. And I looked at them and I was like, oh my God, I haven't baked these cookies in so long. And it's like my- favorite they're my favorite they're these little french cookies and they're so pretty but yeah maybe i will bake those tomorrow oh yes i love it yeah back in the day actually around this time i as everybody knows i'm the director of a 5k race for charities in toronto and last year this is my intense time in september and last year you came to my apartment with a little box of cookies while I was in my stress mode and it was just so sweet of you. So thank you. Aww. Oh yeah. It was those, it was a blueberry thumbprint ones. So yeah. Everyone's going to want this recipe after this. I know. It's on the Ballet Beautiful blog. I highly recommend looking at her blog. She has very healthy, very simple recipes. Yeah. We will include it in the show notes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so some of the areas that I want to talk about that I have really been focused on simplifying are distractions, relates to mental clutter, those being smartphone notifications, internal urges. I find that working from home, I obviously like I'm in my kitchen, so I have extra, extra food cravings, uh, noise from physical and mental or digital clutter in our spaces, all those things that can distract us. And it's funny, I actually opened best-selling author Nir Al's book again for the third time, I would say. It's called Indistractable. I interviewed him in episode 97, and the book is called Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. And in that book, he shares so many 
methods we can adopt to avoid being distracted in our everyday. And he talks about internal and external triggers that we might have. And one of the practices that he recommends is the 10 minute rule. So if you feel an internal or external urge to get up and away from your computer or the work that you're working on, just tell yourself, I will get it in 10 minutes. And then usually if you tell yourself that you'll actually regain focus on what you're focused on and you will no longer want to um, succumb to that urge. You, you'll, you'll no longer get up. So I really, really like that idea. He also talks about effort packs and price packs and identity packs, which are basically when we put some type of friction between us and what we say we will do so that we do it. For example, some people will place money on the line so that they will finish X project by X date because no one wants to spend X money on something. So they'll more likely get it done. Uh, yeah. I had a friend who was like, I'm going to work out every day. And if I don't, I'm going to owe you money. Like I have to pay you 20 bucks every time I don't work out. And yes. I was like, okay. <laughs> that is a price pact. Yes. But like, does that work? Like I would feel bad. It's like, oh, you didn't work out today. And then like shame them and take money from them. Well, everybody has their own way of doing things and own yeah. dreams. Even Nir Eyal, he talks about in our episode how he had this idea of like burn or be burned, meaning burn workout. And if you don't work out, then he had like a dollar bill on his calendar. He was like, okay, you have to burn this money if you don't work out. Burn or be burned. <laughs> you know what I do, which really helps me in terms of like exercise and writing. I'm like, this is how much you have to do every day. And if you don't do it, then you have to make up for it. So it's like, I try to exercise for an hour every day. And I'm like, if I don't do that, then I have to do two hours the next day. Or if I, I try to write 500 words a day, if I don't do that, I have to write a thousand words the next day. And just knowing how much I'm putting off till the next day makes me do it, or at least do some. Right. Like and I'm like, you can, you can do 30 minutes of ballet. You can go for a 30 minute walk. You can write 250 words. I'm like, okay, that I can do that. I can do it. Yes. Yes. And you've actually, you just touched on physical exercise. That's an area that we both simplified in our lives, especially you, you, you do this ballet beautiful. It's kind of like a cross between yoga and Pilates exercise almost every morning. Right. And then you, or you go walking one or the other. Yeah. Or biking. And Kelly and I are so funny because we we're both really consistent with exercise and we'll always see each other out on walks. or <laughs> <in Toronto. laughs> It's so funny. We like we we talk every day, and then we'll run into each other on the street doing our own thing, <laughs> or we'll call each other and we'll both be out for a walk. But uh, you, one thing we have both done is found exercise that we like, so we're yeah. consistent. Because I, I love going for a walk down by the water. Like that's not something I'm like, oh, I have to do that. I'm like, oh, great. Like it's time to go for my walk and listen to a podcast. So. I don't know. If you really want to be consistent with something, finding something you enjoy makes it substantially easier. Yes. And working out becomes more fun. I mean, working out, you don't have to work out. You can work out through sport. You can play sports. That's a great workout. Sometimes we're working out. There's ways of working out that are not so strenuous. We talked about how walking is also a great exercise. For me, I do a combination of HIIT workouts and Pilates workouts at home on my computer. And I like to run like four to five days a week. And obviously I play tennis and golf in between, but during the week, it's really just my stretching exercises and running. So I really simplified it. But um, one thing I wanted to touch on is that Sometimes when we simplify, we simplify certain areas of our life, but we also forget to simplify other areas. And admittedly, I think you and I 
make room for our physical exercise more than we do our mental exercise, our mental fitness. So, you know, when it comes to keeping ourselves fit, we focus on that first, but mental exercise is just as important. Taking time to meditate, reflect, clear our minds. I recently gave you a gift card for a meditation studio in Toronto, which Lauren, we need to go together. Yeah, I got to go to that. You know, you're busy when I don't have enough time to go to a meditation class. Exactly. And I went the other day and it was so relaxing. I mean, some people prefer to do meditation by themselves, but uh, these are group classes. And I actually felt that really, I really like the experience with others around me. And I always joke that I go for the uh, charcoal lemonade because it's so good. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely (laughs) a way to exercise your mind, uh, clear your head. And yeah, it's important to also make room for that as well. Another area that I've simplified is or are my ambitions. So we touched on this with you, Lauren, simplify your goals. Joshua Becker recommends focusing on one to two things that you can give each thing your all. And that's what I have been doing. I mean, recently, I just completed the road race version of my run. We still have a virtual run. So I'm really in the thick of it still. And it's a very busy time. That being said, I've still made time for the podcast and massive simplicity. And so those are my focuses now. And it feels really, really good because I don't have other things that I'm focusing on as well. I mean, I used to model in the past and I I took a day and I wrote down all the things that I was doing and I said, hey, like, what is the thing that I'm least passionate about? And for me, it was modeling. And so I got rid of it. I said, Hey, I'm, I'm retiring. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. moving on. I'm gonna I feel focus. like it was so fun though. No, you know, it's so much fun. And to be honest, like I really enjoyed it, but I am enjoying other things more right now. And of course, you know, having a full-time job, you and I have been doing this for over three years and we've, we've had full-time jobs throughout this process, which, you know, we should pat ourselves on the back. We've done a really good job being able to juggle everything, but, uh, yeah, having that and then having this podcast, which lights me up and our, our company, Master Simplicity, that's, it's all exciting, but yeah, maybe down the road when I'm in my forties or something like that, I'll get back into it or maybe in a couple of years. I don't know. But for now I've realized, Hey, I need to simplify my goals to a couple of things. And so that I can give the things that I'm prioritizing, like my all. So it's good. It's, it's good to, I think a lot of people struggle like, Oh my gosh, I want to do everything. And Again, for those of you who are in your 20s and you're kind of still figuring out what you want to do, or even in your 30s, just like, honestly, like, it's, it's okay. Like, just explore a bunch of things. Lauren, that's what you did. You explored a ton of different things. And then you're like, okay. Too many things. I've done everything. <laughs> You've done everything. Honestly, every time I meet one of your friends, like, I don't know how Lauren does it. She does everything. She does this, 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 this. I'm like, yeah, Lauren has many, 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 many hats, but she's learning that she needs to choose a couple. Yeah, I've kind of realized that finding like your partner, finding your lifestyle habits, finding work you love can sometimes take a lot of trial and error. And it's frustrating and time consuming and stressful. But like once you get it and you figure it out, it like it's smooth sailing. It's kind of difficult and then it's easy. So I'm just in that process with work right now. But 
I don't know. I've done it. I did it in other areas of my life. I did a bunch of different diets and I found one that I loved and was to be healthy with. I went on a ton of dates and like I found someone I'm crazy about. So it does work in the end, but it, I've definitely tried every type of work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true though. It goes back to the idea that time is precious and that we need to prioritize our time. And something that you've done over the years is you've realized that food and nutrition is very important to you and and intermittent fasting came into your life and it's your way of simplifying the foods you eat. And, and we talked about this in our latest, uh, our last episode, one, uh, episode 109, simplify your diet. And it was, it was really great because it made me realize, wow, like this is something that you prioritize in your life and you're now intentional with the hours that you eat. And, you know, you're intentional with your time because you're only eating with in a certain window. So you don't have to think about food all the time, you know, so that you can focus on other things and, yeah, for sure. That took a lot of work to get there. But like I said, once you once you've mastered it, it's like a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And something else I have been simplifying are my fears. And I think maybe you can relate to this, Lauren. So recently, uh, I've learned that it's, I mean, I would say over the past couple of years, I've learned that being open and honest with those around you is actually usually received really, really well you know, being vulnerable is beautiful and it can also be a weight lifted off your shoulders. Even in, even if you know, certain uh, discussions will be hard and uncomfortable instead of pushing them off, I I suggest just doing it. You know, we've all been in situations where things are on our mind and we just want to call that person or we just need to like let it out. And we're just holding it inside of us because we're like, oh my gosh, that will be an uncomfortable conversation. How are they going to react? I don't want to feel uncomfortable, but I promise that you, and rather than pushing off, just do it, just get it done. And then it's something off your plate. And to be honest, so recently, I mean, I had to have a call with someone and, and express how I felt and in a certain situation. And originally I was thinking, oh my God, this would be so hard, but it was actually received very well. And sometimes you'll be surprised. Most people are really understanding when you are honest and vulnerable and open. And afterwards, you'll find peace in expressing yourself and relief in the act of letting out the thoughts you've been meaning to communicate. So I I, I know recently you had a situation at work where you had to speak up and it was something that you were thinking about for a while. And then once you did, you're like, oh, it's not an issue. Yeah. And people appreciate it. I feel like people would rather you sit down and be upfront and honest with them because it shows that you care, like you're attentive to their feelings and you want to make sure that they know where you're at. I think it's worse to like hide how you feel and almost be sneaky or, or like ignore the situation. Like, I think that's a lot worse. So, and people, I, I don't mind having conversations like that, like more emotional ones. Cause I am really emotional, but I, I do think it's a lot better. Like people are afraid to have those types of conversations, whether it's relationships or friendships or work. But if you are able to sit down, it, it's a lot more respectful to that other person being honest with them. It, and especially in relationships, I feel like we live in the culture of like ghosting. And if people sat down and they're like, hey, listen, like I had a really nice time with you. I, I just didn't feel the connection with you or with work. If they sit down, they're like, like, listen, like I, I love the team. I love this. It's just I don't like I need to take a step back for like my own personal reasons or I'm looking into this like. A lot of times people will support you to be completely honest. 
Yeah. Or, Hey, like I just need some time to myself and I, yeah, I just need to prioritize self-care right now. Like people will understand. I know we've had that, those conversations with each other over the years, Lauren, managing a podcast for three years. Like it's, it's a lot of work and there's other things that we have going on in our lives. So you and I have even needed, needed to communicate things to each other. And I remember in the beginning, it was, it was scary for us to open up, but now we're just like, okay, no, yes. (laughs) We're very, very open and honest, (laughs) which is good because like we, we can, because we are in this comfort level, right? We have, we're comfortable with each other. So it's okay. It's okay now. So yeah, it's cute with our friendship because we can have an argument and then like, once we figure it out, it's fine. We're like, Oh, so what are you doing this afternoon? Like we're, there's no like tension after it. It's just, we put it on the table, figure it out. And then like move on. That's Which good. Is, yeah. yeah. I don't think you and I really dwell on things. No, I try not to. That's why I need those conversations. So like, I like to sit down and get it figured out. So I don't have to think about it and, and dwell on it. Like people are like, let's talk tomorrow. I'm like, maybe it, there's something to be said about like giving yourself time to calm down. But no, I really think those, those conversations are so important in all areas of your life. Yeah, no, I know, definitely. And the, the two last areas that I'm focused on simplifying are excess possessions. So this past month, I've really been focusing on the run and I've looked around my house and realized there are a few areas that I need to pare down. And that includes some of my shoes, old shoes that I, have, I haven't worn in a while, a few clothing items such as like pre-COVID work clothes, a couple kitchen accessories or appliances. And I have this old whiteboard that I never use. So just like little things that are around my house. But what's interesting is that because I own less, I can clearly see the items that I'm not using, which is great. So when you live this way, you can see if you're not using certain things, which is really, really helpful. They're not like covered in other things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then another area is technology, of course. Similar to what Joshua mentioned, he mentioned screen time. We need to be mindful of the usage of our technologies, including the length of time we spend on our laptop and phone and watching TV. You know, it's screen to screen. We're screen to screen every day. And we need to be more mindful of that. And so what I've been doing recently is I've been putting my phone on airplane mode for the first hour in the morning so that I'm not looking at my phone and reading messages right away. And again, also for the last hour before I go to bed, I do it again to avoid mental clutter. I also read the news in the morning and in the evening, but not in the evening, like right before bed. I'll read it around 6 p.m. so that I'm not thinking about the latest news as I'm going to sleep. Because sometimes you'll read things and you'll be thinking about them in bed and it'll just be like over and over. So it's like that last hour to clear your mind. Yeah, I always read the news and then watch Jimmy Kimmel because he's like, funny about the news so it's like oh there's all those bad things happening in the world and then I'll watch Jimmy Kimmel and he like makes light of things and he's funny and I'm like okay like there's hope (laughs) (laughs) no that's good that's good so so to close our conversation today uh some of the things I want to say is that we can by simplifying our lives we can make room for other things and by making room for things and creating space in our life Obviously, number one, we can be more present. We can be more present with ourselves and those around us. And when you have physical, mental, emotional, and digital space, you can be 
more present with your own thoughts, right? And that's that's super important uh, so that you can be mindful of how you're spending your time, et cetera. And the other piece is giving back to others. By making room, you'll have space to give back. And over the past couple of weeks, I have really been focused on that. I mean, my run is all about giving back to 35 plus charities in Toronto and it's super rewarding. And the other day, I mean, we had our road race. We were the first race back in Toronto and uh, we had all the social, the COVID protocols in place. And at the end, we had everybody collect a food bag and we had quite a few leftovers. And I said to myself, well, why don't I grab the leftovers and hand them out to those in the community and, you know, especially the homeless and, so I did that for the next hour at the end of my, at the end of the run. And it was super rewarding and fulfilling. They're actually really, really receptive, really appreciative. And yeah, it made for a really good experience. Yeah, I got a lot of those too. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. So I shared a couple with you and uh, you're so funny. You're like, I can't eat that. <laughs> oh my God. I ate everything. I can't have that stuff in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no. As I like just wrote a book about like being re- or yeah it's all in moderation though it's all in moderation yeah, just eat it within your eating window no that's really um nice that you you did that though like it like it's so nice to like take that and distribute it to people who will appreciate it so much more yeah exactly exactly and so on my closing thoughts again we asked you guys on instagram what areas are most important and a lot of you said you know your hobbies your time commitments your relationships um, debt was another thing, your words, you know, be more punctual, even when texting, avoid gossip, things like that. And of course your possessions, right? Possessions always come up. That's usually the first thing people think about, but I believe that the most important thing to simplify is our time. We only have so much time and it's important that we use it wisely. Well said. <laughs> Yes. And hopefully we are, we listen, we take that in ourselves and we make time to do the fun things that we enjoy, like baking more. And we should do a little bake swap. Yeah, we should. <laughs> That's kind of a working oven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and we will speak to you soon. Thanks so much, guys. Talk soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion about the many areas in our lives that we can work to simplify. By being mindful about our physical, mental, emotional, and digital spaces, we can make room for what's most meaningful to us. And as Lauren and I discussed, there are still areas of excess that we personally need to continue to manage, especially when it comes to mental and emotional clutter. As we like to say, this lifestyle requires maintenance. Unfortunately, this way of living helps us to consistently check in with ourselves and evaluate the areas of clutter that we each need to work on. And if you enjoyed this episode, we recommend that you also check out episode 97, where I speak with New York Times bestselling author Nir Al about how to manage life's distractions. And also episode 105, where Lauren and I share strategies to help you pare down your possessions and get clear on your most essential items. And you can find a link to each of these episodes in our show notes, as well as a link to the blueberry thumbprint cookie recipe that we couldn't stop talking about. Plus, if you haven't already, please check out our website at mastersimplicity.com where you can learn more about us, 
our one-on-one simple living consultations, and our latest closet kit, which we wrote and designed to help you declutter your closet and keep a simple and organized wardrobe for a lifetime. And I should note that we now offer a downloadable version of our closet kit guidebook that includes our simple five-step method. And our seven sustainable wooden closet dividers are now offered separately. And again, you can check it all out at mastersimplicity.com slash closet kit. And lastly, a big thank you to all of you who have written us a five-star rating and review on iTunes so far. We love finding new ones popping up and your words always make our day. And of course, your reviews continue to keep us motivated and help us bring on more exciting guests. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.